Please uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 8. Our sermon text for this morning is John 8, verses 37 through 47. The Gospel of John, if, if you don't know, it's the, the fourth book in the New Testament. So if you find the middle of your Bible and just start moving to the right, you'll get there eventually. We're looking at John 8, verses 37 through 47. Before I read that, let's pray together. Father, we thank you uh, that Jesus is our only hope in life and death, and we do pray that you would help us to come to better understand that this morning as we look into your word. Uh, we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us to that end, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. John 8, 37 through 47. Begins, uh, Jesus is speaking here. He says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing what Abraham did, but now you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing what your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. My stepfather has a saying. I don't know if he made it up or not, but he often says, from a pumpkin comes a pumpkin. I don't know where he got it from. Uh, he grew up in Baltimore. It's not like he grew up on a farm. But he says it all the time. From a pumpkin comes a pumpkin. It's pretty obvious what it means. Uh, like produces like. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like father, like son. A thing will produce the same kind of thing. Or uh, put the other way around, a thing will reflect that which produced it. But it's easier and more fun to say, from a pumpkin comes a pumpkin. In our text this morning, Jesus employs this from a pumpkin comes a pumpkin logic. What Jesus has to say doesn't come out of nowhere. Uh, he, he has strong words for his hearers, but those strong words have a context, uh, a backstory. And so we're going to start 
uh, by thinking about this backstory and start thinking about a story of two families. And then we'll talk about what it means that children are like their fathers. And then we'll end by talking about what that means for us. Uh, You can see this reflected in our outline this morning, which you can find in your bulletin. Uh, The context, a story of two families. The principle, children are like their fathers. And the call, believe in the son. So first, the, the context, a story of two families. We draw all kinds of lines in the sand. Political, social, economic, racial, cultural, and so on. Uh, We want to divide and subdivide people each into their own unique group. And there is something uh, very human about this, right? We want to classify and clarify. Uh, There's also something biblical about it as well, even though we often distort that biblical truth. You see, there is a line that cuts across all other divides. It divides brother from brother and daughter from mother and daughter-in-law from mother-in-law, as Jesus said. That line is not ethnic or cultural or socioeconomic. It is a line between two spiritual families that goes back to the very beginning. The book of Genesis records uh, in the beginning uh, that God creates all things. He creates man and woman. He places them in a garden. He commands them to be fruitful and multiply. He commands them not to eat of a particular tree. Uh, and Now, it, it wasn't a magical tree. Uh, there was nothing which distinguished it from any other tree except God's command. It was a test of their obedience. Everything seemed to be going well until the serpent entered the picture. Uh, Satan, it seems, possessed a snake to slither up next to Adam and Eve and tempt them. Fundamental to his temptation was a deception, a lie. You shall be as gods. The irony was that they were made in God's image. They were about as like God as any creature could be. But Satan held out the promise of more. You shall be as gods. And Adam and Eve bought it. They disobeyed God and and ate from the tree. And and, and that was their decision, their choice. It was an act of their free will. And yet none of this was outside of God's plan. He knew what he was doing, letting the serpent into the garden. And then God came in judgment. And he says to the serpent in Genesis 3, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, notice it seems at first as if this is simply a comment to a snake. Uh, On your belly you shall go. And yet, the the rest of Scripture doesn't allow us to read these words in this way. And so, in for example, in Revelation chapter 12, the ancient serpent is said to be the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. You see, what God describes in Genesis 3.15 is, is not a perennial dislike between daughters of Eve and garden snakes. It is a perennial struggle between those who continue to follow after Satan and his lies And those who strive to follow after God. It is a battle 
which has immediate consequences in Genesis chapter 4, when Cain kills his brother Abel. And this is how John, in one of his letters, not in his gospel, but in one of his letters, tells us to understand that story. In 1 John 3, verses 10 through 12, he says, By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. You see, Genesis 3.15 announces a continual and cosmic struggle between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, between the children of the devil and the children of God. And this conflict continues throughout the Old Testament as Israel struggles both with the nations around her and oftentimes even with her own self. But it comes to a climax when the seed, the seed of the woman comes, Jesus, the Son of God, who is born of a woman. The writer of Hebrews tells us this in Hebrews 2.14. He says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise partook of the same things, flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3, 8. And so you have these two families struggling with one another through history, a struggle that culminates in the cross when Jesus, the seed of the woman, comes to face off with the devil himself triumphing over him in the cross. And that is Jesus' triumph, because there he obeys, even to the point of death where the first Adam disobeyed. And there he, though righteous, voluntarily takes the penalty for the first Adam's disobedience. And Jesus, who was God, did not use that for his own advantage, but he humbles himself and becomes a man, that he might die for men who tried to become gods. Jesus, the seed of the woman and the son of God, does what Adam failed to do, he obeyed, and undoes what Adam did. Now that's not the end of the story, because Paul says in Romans 16.20, to us, to the church, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. You see, while the death blow has been dealt, we continue to face off in a spiritual battle day by day, looking forward to the last day when not only Satan's rule, but his presence will be no more. And so there is this cosmic battle between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, the children of the evil one and the children of God. That's the context, which brings us to the principle, children are like their fathers, Before we get to that, I want to ask a question. What does it mean to demonize someone? We need to get this clear in our minds before we look at our text. Otherwise, we will accuse Jesus of simply demonizing his opponents. In fact, uh, that is exactly what they do in response. Uh, They will say, just after our text in verse 48, uh, they will say, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? To demonize is to to vilify your opponents, to wrongly attack their character in a way that is irrelevant to the argument. 
Uh, you, you paint those people out there as evil, wicked, and terrible, while on the other hand, you know, you're not perfect, but you're not bad. To demonize is to dehumanize. It is typically an emotional attack on the person rather than a reasoned response to the argument. This is not what Jesus is doing here, though he literally says their father is the devil. But I want us to be clear, Jesus is not dehumanizing them to dismiss them. He is calling out genuine demonic influence to confront them. He is situating his hearers in this big story. They are not on the side they thought they were on. Jesus brings this up slowly. Look at verse 37 for starters. He says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham. They had claimed to be such earlier. Yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. See, Jesus is highlighting dissonance. They have claimed to be children of Abraham, and ethnically, that's true. So Jesus grants their point, but they seek to kill him. Now, you might think Jesus is paranoid at this point. At least some of those he is speaking to believed in him, according to verse 30. But Jesus knows them perhaps better than they know themselves, because by the end of the chapter, they will pick up stones to put him to death. And so he highlights the dissonance. You are children of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. Why is that? He offers an explanation in the next verse. He says, verse 38, I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Now, they, of course, just double down in verse 39. They say, Abraham is our father. And Jesus then makes explicit what was just implicit. He says, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But, verse 40, now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. Again, he says in verse 41, you are doing the works your father did. Now they get really frustrated at this point and they cry out, we were not born of sexual immorality, which perhaps, by the way, is a slam on Jesus, whose mother was pregnant before she was married. They say, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. If God were your father, Jesus responds, you would love me. What's going on here, right? Why why this back and forth? Jesus is trying to get them to see something. They think they are Abraham's children. And in a sense, that's true, physically and ethnically. But Jesus wants them to see that if you want to know whose children you are, look at the deeds you do. Jesus' conclusion in verse 44 is that they are children of their father, the devil. Now, I want to do two things at this moment, I first highlight this principle that we're talking about, which Jesus keeps returning to, so you can see it clearly and repeatedly in the text, and then ask a question, in what way are they children of the devil? What does that mean? Now, first, the principle. I just notice how many times Jesus appeals to it. Uh, again, verse 38, he says, uh, I speak of what I have seen with my father, And you do what you have seen from your father, what you have heard from your father. Uh, The principle applies to both Jesus and his father and 
uh, his hearers and their father. Uh, Verse 39, they say, Abraham is our father. Jesus says, if that were true, you would do what Abraham did. Children are like their fathers. As it is, you try to kill me, which is not something Abraham did. If children are like their fathers, therefore, you are not a child of Abraham. Verse 41, they claim God is their father. Jesus responds, if that were true, you would love me. I came from God, and he sent me. But you don't love me. In fact, you're trying to kill me, so God must not be your father. And then verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Why? Because children are like their fathers. Finally, in verse 47, Jesus brings it up yet again. He says, whoever is of God, whoever is born of God, whoever is a child of God, hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is you are not of God. Children are like their fathers. They resemble their fathers. You you don't hear God's word because you are not God's child. Now, we need to say something at this point because some of you might be a bit uncomfortable. Uh, Maybe you don't even know why. Maybe you do know why. And so let me ask a question. What is your father like? Maybe you had a great earthly dad, and you'd be happy to be like him. But maybe you had a terrible earthly dad, and all this talk of children being like their fathers is, is uncomfortable at best. Well, we should say two things about this. First, it's undeniable, and I hope that you can at least go this far with me, that whatever your father was like, good or bad, you have been shaped by that. And maybe you are like your father, or maybe you have run the complete opposite direction. You have reacted against your father. But even an absent father shapes us by his absence. But second, think again about what Jesus is actually saying. The whole point here is that the people Jesus is talking to are not like their earthly father. They are not like Abraham. That's the problem. You see, we are not doomed to be like our parents. We are not doomed to be like them. We're not doomed to overreact to them. We're not trapped by our past. In fact, where we are going to land this morning is that there is a Father in heaven for all who believe in Jesus. And he is ready to adopt us into his family. He is ready to reparent us and make us like himself. And yet the principle is still true then. Children are like their father. The question is only then, who is your real father? Which brings us to the next part here. I said in this point, there was a principle and a question. Uh, The principle is repeated and assumed by Jesus again and again that children are like their father. And now the question, Jesus calls these people in front of him children of their father, the devil. In what way is that true? What does that mean? Actually says in verse 44, he says, you are of your father, the devil. What does it mean to be of your father, the devil? Or or in what way are they children of the devil? This seems to us to be either simply the ultimate slam, you know, like, man, you're crazy, you know, except man, you're, you're, you're demonic. Or we somehow take it literally and then it just becomes weird as if there is some sci-fi stuff going on that we don't understand. But actually, the answer seems to be twofold and pretty straightforward. 
they are children in terms of likeness and source. So likeness we've already been talking about. And this, by the way, is the way the phrase son of or child of is often used in Scripture. It's a Hebrew way of saying you are somehow related to this thing. Uh, So Jesus calls James and John sons of thunder because of their hot-headed personalities. Uh, Paul uses the phrase children of light and children of wrath and sons of disobedience. Uh, Job uses the phrase sons of pride and Jeremiah uses the phrase sons of tumult. In each case, it's simply a, a figure of speech, meaning that group of people is somehow related to that thing. Children of light are to be light. Uh, Children of wrath are facing God's wrath. Sons of disobedience are prone to disobedience. They are children of their father, the devil, because they want to do their father's desires. They are like him. Jesus says in verse 44, You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Uh, Remember Jesus' stress, uh, he has repeated it multiple times in the past few chapters, that they want to kill him. He said it over and over again. Uh, Why do they want to kill him? Because they are of their father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. They are simply imitating their father. Now, there's more to it than that, of course, but at bottom what they are doing is what they have seen in their father the devil in genesis 3 brought death into the world through the temptation of adam and eve and everyone who has sought to murder and destroy ever since is imitating the actions of their father and and yet there's more to it than that right that the devil is a murderer and a liar jesus says He is a liar and the father of lies. In fact, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character. It is his character to lie. You know, sometimes when somebody does something wrong, we say things like, oh, he's really a good person at heart. Or that's that's just not him. The problem is we just about always act exactly according to our nature. And that's exactly what Jesus is getting at. You know, dogs do dog-like things. Giraffes do giraffe-like things. Uh, Goldfish do goldfish-like things. And every person acts according to their nature. The devil lies out of his own character. And when you and I lie, it shows not, not a momentary lapse of reason, but that there is something wrong with us deep down. We have bought the devil's lie And that lie has taken root in our hearts and shapes our behavior. John says elsewhere in 1 John 3.8, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Your actions reveal your true nature. Uh, We might hide it most of the time, which tends to show our fear of man and our desire to be liked. We don't want people to see what's really going on inside. But as C.S. Lewis points out at one point, in the, in the heat of the moment, when we don't have time to think, that is when our true character comes out. Like when you run into the cellar quickly and quietly, that's when you catch the rats off guard. And so in what way are they children of the devil? First, they are like their father, the devil. They are children in terms of, of likeness. The devil is the pattern, the model, and children are like their father. But second, they are children in terms of the source Children are like their fathers. Jesus goes on to say in verse 45, 
but because I, because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Not despite the fact that I tell you the truth, but because. Oh, why? They reject Jesus' word, not because they can find fault in him. Verse 46, Jesus says, which one of you convicts me of sin? If then I tell you the truth, why do you not believe? And then in verse 47, he says, whoever is of God hears the words of God, but that's not you. That's not who you are. The, the reason why, the explanation why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Whose child you are determines what you will hear and what you will believe, Jesus says. And this is important because up to this point, you might have thought uh, how you live determines who your father is. As if when you act like a devil, well, then you're a child of the devil. But that's not what Jesus is saying. It's actually the other way around. Who your father is determines how you live. How you live is evidence of who your father is. And so in verse 42, he says, if, if God were your father, you would love me. Right? Whose child you are determines what you love or what you hate. Or whose child you are determines what you will hear and what you will believe. Why is that, right? How does that work? Oh, the, the, the devil is the liar and the father of lies. John, in the book of Revelation, calls him the deceiver of the whole world. The devil is the, the source of human evil in the sense that he has planted his seed in our hearts. His lie, you shall be as gods. It is this lie that, that lies at the root of sin, both historically and psychologically and existentially. When we sin, we are believing the lie. I can do as I please. I'm not accountable to God. I don't have to obey his will for me. The devil is the father of all those who rebel against God because he has planted this lie in our hearts. This lie, the, the one that's chief among them, that you shall be as God's. So we've looked at the context, right? There are two families in history at enmity. There's this cosmic conflict between the two. And we've looked at the principle that children are like their father, ultimately because he is the source of their character. He has put his lie in our hearts. Well, finally, that brings us to the call, which is believe in the son. Uh, there is a comic book character named Hellboy. Uh, and in the story, he is literally a boy from hell, right? In fact, he's a demon that uh, when he was just a baby, he was supposedly pulled out of hell into our world. Now, why, you ask, am I talking about comic book trivia? Well, I'm certainly not endorsing that comic's theology, but it is the story of a demon who overcomes his nature and lives as a good person, which is to say, in our, in our popular imagination, right, there's this idea of overcoming our nature, overcoming our natural limitations, which is what we're going to talk about now. You see, if if you've been following closely, you might have come to this conclusion. The human race has been infected with the devil's lies, and that's true. It's not just this or that person. I'm not up here to demonize some and whitewash others. Now, the truth is we've all bought the lie at some point. By nature, that is, from birth, since the first rebellion in the garden, we are of our father, the devil. But if that's true, the question is, what now? Uh, John actually has been dropping hints all along in his gospel. John 1, 12 through 13, he says, To all who received Jesus, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's what we need. We who are by nature of our father, the devil, who by nature are sons of disobedience and children of wrath, as Paul puts it, we need to become children of God. Jesus put it in John 3 that we must be born again or born from above. That is born of water and the spirit. How can we who are by nature sons of the devil become sons of God? Only by believing in the son of God. How how can we who have been bought, who who have bought into the devil's lies and have his word in us become children of the heavenly father? Only by receiving him who is the word of God. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, into our hearts. We who believe the devil's lies must receive God's truth in Jesus. John says, if we receive Christ and believe in his name, we have been given the right to become children of God and are born of God. In 1 John 5.1, he says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. That's true that there's mystery here. How can I believe if I am of the evil one? How can I change from darkness to light, from a child of hell to become a child of the Father in heaven? And the answer, of course, is only by the grace of Jesus. And so cry out to him, right? Look on him, believe in him. This is what John wants us to do. Uh, He says at the end of the book in John 20, 31, I've repeated this many times, but it's so helpful to think about John in light of this because he says, these things are written. He tells us why he wrote his book. It's so helpful. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. How can we be born again through God's word and spirit? As by the power of the spirit, we believe the word of the gospel, the message of salvation found in Jesus. And so whose whose child are you? 1 John 3, 8 through 10, John says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So who are you like? Does your life and behavior reflect the grace of God, or does it reflect the lies of the evil one. John is not saying there, by the way, that uh, if you are a believer, you will never ever sin. He talks about those who practice sin and those who practice righteousness. He's talking about the, 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 overall, uh, uh, the overall character of your life. Are you more and more being conformed to the character of Christ, however slowly and imperfectly? Or do you continue to reflect the accuser of the brethren, the devil? We are imperfect in this life. But what is your practice? What is your MO? What is, what is your way of life? What is your direction? What is your trajectory? At core, what do you believe? Do you believe the lies of the evil one? Does the thought, you can be your own God, is that what spurs you on? 
that you're in charge of your life, that you call the shots, that you do what you want to do, that your desires rule the day? Are you living from and for self? Or is the seed of God abiding in you? The word of Jesus made effectual by the power of the Spirit. Look to the Son, and you will be adopted as as sons of the Father, children of the Father, and by his grace, you will become like him. Let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you would pour out your Spirit on us and that Uh, that that we who know you would rest more fully in Jesus the Son and that uh, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, that you would be at work by your Spirit to draw them to yourself, to help them to see the Father and to see the Son, to believe in Jesus. We pray that you would adopt them as your children. Father, we pray that you would then conform us to the character of Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.